How is everybody feeling right now? Hey, thank you all for joining us today. We're really, really excited to get this conversation started. As you know, we're Makers Camp and we care about inspiring sustainability and deeper connection through collaborative arts. We make art out of recycled things. People make murals, we share food, we dance together. Sustainability usually has a negative connotation for most people. So we're shifting that dialogue. We're making it fun, easy, and cool to live a sustainable lifestyle. So that's why we wanna get this conversation started, is how can we make it fun, easy, and cool to be sustainable? So I wanna welcome our guests. We have Michael here from Creative Labs. He actually uh, founded the art space in Baltimore that we are so fond of. They brought the dome and collaborated on this camp with us. So thank you for that, Michael. We have Kat and Eddie, and I'm gonna pass off the mic so that they can get started. Thanks again. Hi, everybody. Okay. My name is Eddie, I'm a builder, I'm a maker, I'm an alchemist. I turn things, material elements, dreams, and spirit into art, buildings, movements. And uh, I think that there's a way that we can live better, more connected to, to the reality of what we are as humans and the balance that can be found within the planet. Um, and we can do so in a planned way. Um, I'm gonna go ahead and let these guys introduce themselves. Hey, is there any way we could like turn down music? <laughs> okay. Um, my name is Caitlin, and so I, where I'm coming from, is a place of passion and love for trash. Um, <laughs> I have made it my specific goal at this time in my life to work with composting and with reducing our plastic consumption and working towards policy and lobbying to create systems that facilitate living a sustainable life because we currently live in a system that doesn't allow the everyday person who doesn't think about these things 
um, hourly and it, it shouldn't be so hard to be more in balance with this planet and that's where I'm coming from and I have been working with compost personally, professionally and I have been working with uh, lots of activism on climate policy. And so I just wanted to get you guys a feel of who I am and where I'm coming from and I'm gonna pass it down to Michael. Hey guys, how are you? I'm Michael. Um, I've been making stuff from trash for probably 30 plus years. Um, I see a lot of, I'm excited about what I do. I love what I do. It's it's what I, it would choke me up just talking about what I do because it's so passionate to me. Um, and I'm now working in an art space down in Baltimore where I'm around 40 artists um, in our space, all um, growing and I'm rubbing off on them as far as like the trash side, which is so cool. I've, it's awesome to see some of them, you know, most of the people are coming out of MICA or other art schools and they have this way of making their art, which is what they were taught. Um, I make my art by whatever I find and it can be different every day, every day, like um, it's just whatever is around me. Um, and it's super possible for everyone to kind of do stuff like that, you know, in the sense of it does not even just art, just in general, just we don't really need to consume all the shit that's out there. I try my hardest never to go to the stores I can hardly even handle buying shit. <laughs> it's scary. It's just like, ah, because it's just trash. It's, I mean, it's going to be trash the second you buy it and most of the stuff, and it just makes me sick. Um, hey, I'm not in it. This conversation is going to be recorded for anyone that's speaking directly into the microphone. Oh, I'm not very good at that. Yeah. Okay. Cool, cool, cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I'm just really, uh, really love what I do. I'm not so much of an activist or or preaching my song to anyone. This is kind of like first part of time I've come down and talked to anyone about this. I just do it. You know, I uh, live what I do. Um, I spend most of my t seven days a week in my artist or in my studio, um, but we do have 35,000 square feet, so there's a lot of room for me to move around. Um, it's all built mostly from secondhand materials, Kim, within a mile of our space. I have a lot of hunters and gatherers that help me. They're, they gather for me, yeah. Yeah, it's a great thing. I mean, I, I know that more and more people could really do a lot of stuff with just paying attention to the, the products that are already out there that everybody has in their basement, in their house. Like, I haven't ever bought in paint. Paint is something that every single, probably half of you here have paint that you'll never use, stored in a closet. It's a great way to get paint. Um, yeah, it's just it's just so cool. I love it. I love it. I love what I'm doing. I can't wait to see the future every day is better and better. Um, really cool. Well, most inspiring thing for me right now is all the people I'm working with at our art space. Um, it's 40 plus um, like artists, like I said, but just rubbing off on them now and s them seeing like, wait a sec, we really this guy's making all of his stuff out of just whatever we're finding, and that's a. It's cool. It's really good. I'm I'm glad to be influencing them on that. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'm just happy with what I'm doing. So. so I'm curious. Interesting. Um, it's raining. So 
I want to hear from you guys real quick, if that's okay. I, I'd like to hear from somebody or multiple people. Um, wh why are you here? Uh, you mentioned having expertise in compost, and I've been trying to make a compost bin, but I don't want to like spend any money, and I want to like use like scrap materials. So can you like guide me on how to do that? <laughs> sure. <laughs> I'd love to. Uh, does anyone else compost here? Anyone? Oh, yes, composters. Um, uh, <laughs> so composting is a simple but yet complex process. I do a lazy one because that's how I compost. Um, so you can bury a hole in your ground. And just do you have somewhere to bury a hole in your ground first off? Ah, my property. It's like okay, I, I go to school. Right. Okay. But yeah, first tell us about where you live, and then let's I take it from I there. Got like a b backyard, like I don't know, maybe like two or three of these domes. Yeah, like I got like a backyard, like two or three of these domes, this big. Also trying to build garden beds too over the summer. Okay. So I would suggest finding any container, any box just a container of whatever size pleases you and first off you need your nitrogen and your carbon carbon comes from the earth and i guess nitrogen is too but it's your food scraps and you can't compost meat dairy bones and i usually add too much nitrogen, which comes from your food scraps. So it's really important that we use leaves. Leaves are not trash. Branches are not trash. Grass clip. Th nothing from this earth is trash. You just put it in your compost and you m mix it with your food and you have to mix it a lot. You need air percolation for the process to break down and just don't add too much food. Um, nuts are the hardest to break down. Grains break down for a long time as well. And it's slow. Don't think that the soil is just going <laughs> to happen overnight. It's going to, you're going to give up because you're going to think it's just never going to come. But just stay committed. And <laughs> whenever you go out to eat and you have leftovers, bring your own box. What about that? Um, <laughs> because, <laughs> because we should never be throwing that away ever. Think about every single time you go out to eat, every single day. So people just throw it out. If you look crazy, be that crazy person. Grab people's food that you're out to eat with and bring your own box. Take it to your compost bin. People grew that with water and it had to be transported. So many admissions, so many people put so much of their livelihood just to get this to you. And we are so disconnected from that process. We're just like, throw it away. What is this little, what is it going to do? But if that's how we keep living then we're just getting adjusted to what the system has set up and that's where i'm coming from is we need to individually create systems of oh yeah like i need to watch my behavior i need a triple check i need to follow through because caring about the planet isn't enough 
just saying like oh i care it doesn't it, you know you leave your lights on all day and then all your things are plugged in and all the monitors are running and you let the water drip from the shower all day long and and you can't even recycle right please don't put plastic bags in the recycling bin or all of your plastic packaging like it's not recyclable so <laughs> anyways my where i'm coming from is we actually have to follow through with our actions and our behaviors and you don't have to do it all at once because it's really overwhelming just if the next 30 days i'm gonna bring my to-go box i'm going to always make sure i have a water bottle i'm not gonna accept all those napkins just just for the next 30 days that's how i'm committing to the planet every time i go leave my house i'm gonna make sure all the lights are off because someone drilled into this precious planet and sh and shipped this energy source and just leaving the lights on all day long we're just so used to consuming so abundantly and that's what had climate changes and there's people on throughout the globe i'm not gonna say uh, whatever planet it is they barely have a light to read their book at home so and we're out here in america saying oh my god we care about climate change but we're not following through so um always bring your box when you go out and composting is a super slow and committed process but it's it is really one of the best ways that you could commit to this planet am i supposed to like leave a hole in the ground in the box sure hey my name is nadine nice to see all of you i'm local can't wait to get up to baltimore see your space i'm i'm a garbologist myself so happy to do it. I also do a lot of composting. And the first thing that I would say that's really important to break this whole shit apart is don't do it alone. Yeah, you can do a hole in your backyard. You can get a five-gallon bucket and put shit in it and wait for it to rot. It will rot eventually. It will rot slowly. It may not rot in a way that gets rid of the toxins that you have brought into your house within your food system and the pesticides. So in Baltimore and Washington, and out in Harrisonburg, in Virginia, that's where you are? Shenandoah Valley. I mean, there are cool people doing really hot shit composting stuff. And if you do it as a community, you can do it at scale. And you can take your food scraps from your table and mix it with all kinds of stuff and have really high quality, low uh, uh, pesticide, low toxic compost in six weeks. I teach people how to do it all the time. The trick is scale, right? The trick is scale. In DC, how many people are local? So if you look around, DC has a really good, the Department of Public Works actually has, I um, can't remember if it's 30 or 50 composting sites, I support one of them locally, where there are these bins that are made that are rat proof, they're good for urban centers, work together, mix your greens and your browns in a certain ratio so that the compost is hot, means like it's like gets to 100, if it gets to 130, 140 degree temperature, you kill all the bacteria in it, which is why it moves so quickly. That's only after a couple weeks, then you shift it to a next bin for another couple weeks, and by the third, second set of weeks, you're actually making stuff that worms can live in, and it's really healthy. So, and out near you, there's some great uh, farmers doing awesome composting and other radical stuff, like Joel Salatin lives out there. Really good folks, so it's not, just don't, Ask your friends and family, do a little bigger unit, 
by volume, you can turn out really high quality, low bacteria compost in a very short amount of time. Personally, I do also have a compost in my backyard that I do low tech, right? But that attracts rats. It doesn't give you as high a quality. And you don't meet people doing it. But there are great materials on community composting available. Like even in the city, New York's got BK Rot, the Brooklyn uh, community that does incredible composting. They collect it by bike. They bring it to local centers. So there's a lot of stuff happening everywhere that uh, if you want to meet a new community, turn them on to burning, <laughs> get yourself turned on to composting, it's really a good way to go. So that's really what I would recommend because we know doing all these things like turning your lights off and saving water is all really great. Everybody should be doing it, but it's not going to solve the problem. So we have to build our community power, our people power muscle to fight back and build from the ground up, whether it's dirt or whether it's the ability to shut shit down in the city. So just wanted to share that. So something that I really appreciate about um, your, your comment is the um, fact that if we come together as a community and pull our resources together at a more localized level, then we going to be able to extract a mutual benefit from that. And uh, you said that it's very difficult for one person to do composting. Now imagine if they also had to grow all their food, if they also had to take care of their power systems, if they also had to take care of their water systems, like their um, waste management, the poop and everything, their children, teaching their children. You know, how is one or a couple supposed to be able to do all of this and survive as like if, if you know, everything else was removed? society and you have to survive on your own it's a tough one right so I, I think that's the reason that we got to where we are today that we got to to scaling saying okay you know we can just like super automate super localize make these like um we don't all have to be farming we can put them all in one big farm um and then it got to be too much in my personal opinion. So I think what we need to do is take the technologies and the lessons and the efforts that have been applied and weave through them to weave a new societal net, a new contract of how we behave with each other that I, I foresee and could envision as being something along the lines of a kingdom-sized scenario without the monarchy. It's a uh, the, the elements of that society, I think social democracy, perhaps, w are words that come to mind. Uh, and that's something that would be implemented and created as it goes. But um, that, that once you have that certain number of people, you have all these certain number of activities and things that need to be done to sustain all these people, there's ways to calculate those numbers so that you have all of the things that your community of 10,000 people that maybe takes to make all of these things run, like to make your clothes, to make your energy systems operate, uh, whatever it is. And the, the, the thought that I have behind this is not to create this like utopian separated community from the rest of the world, but to create a space that is actively trying to practice and be and do, uh, live the life, not just talk it, right? Because uh, <laughs> You know, I've been talking about how to live a more sustainable life. And let me just define sustainable because it is such a very, 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 very bu buzzy word. And, uh, and for me, uh, the way that I take it is um, sustainability is the ability to indefinitely, continuously do a certain action and, and, and not be able to stop. 
And the action that I want to be able to continue and the way that I'm applying it is to continue human life and to continue life altogether. And so taking that concept at my most extreme, we should be able to survive out in outer space. Let's take it, let's take it back here, right? We're here on this outer space, on this planet, in this scenario, and this is what we have to work with. And these are the people that we have to work with. So how can we create a space that uh, feels healthier for everybody? Um, so I'm a mother and I'm an educator and I work with really young kids. I get them nice and young when their minds are nice and supple. So, But um, I just am constantly amazed um, at how capable children are and how interested and curious they are. I feel like, uh, unfortunately, the way our education is is that the, it, it takes away a lot of that curiosity out of it. Um, but they are so hungry to learn and to participate. So regardless whether you have kids or not, get them involved, get them involved in the composting, get them involved in the art projects, get them, get their little hands into it because they are so hungry for this kind of work. They, they're so passionate, they care, you know, a lot of them come into it through, they fall in love with the animals and they start learning about what's happening to animals and the planet and then also getting them connected to their food source, you know, so many uh, children are don't understand where their food comes from. So I think it's just, a, you know, if, even if you don't have kids, like you probably have friends who have kids, or you have family, you know, bring them along. They love dirt, they love getting messy, they have a very different concept of what is trash, and they'll be bringing, they'll be your hunters and gatherers and gathering you stuff, and so that's just my little soapbox. Something that children have is that imagination, that, that ability that children have to see the world through an unregulated lens. And that's why kids can play on anything. And we can translate it to this topic of sustainability with uh, what is reusable in our lives. You know, growing up um, in this area in DC, you know, we were indoctrinated with like the green revolution and like off so often the mantra of reduce, reuse, recycle, you know, was something that was said quite often in the, the classroom. Um, but I feel like reducing what we're using and reusing is far more important than recycling. Recycling is alternative, is alternative waste, you all, and it's not a perfect pr process, and it is good to do, but first let's ask ourselves, how much are we consuming in the first place? The stuff that we buy from the store, is it single use? A lot of it is, and it can be overwhelming to go to the store and be like, ah, I wanna get that, like, I wanna get that food, it looks delicious, but it's in a single use plastic wrapper. And so then the onus kind of becomes on us to be like, well, how can I be more self-reliant? How can I make something that's kind of like that? Can I, I will be that crazy person bringing my mason jars to the store, filling up like my beans and lentils. I, I will not use the, the single plastic because it doesn't have a purpose. Even the eco-friendly plastics that we're talking about right now, it's not a perfect solution. I work in the food service industry. We use eco-friendly plastics and by and large food service restaurants are just throwing it away because they don't know what to do with it. Yeah, it's better than petroleum-based plastic, but actually a lot of those eco-friendly plastics have to go to a special facility in order to actually be uh, compostable. So it's, I think it's more about digging deeper, you know, not just um, being satisfied with a surface level like green uh, 
brand of sustainability, but really like asking yourself, what are my daily habits? Like, what am I actually doing? How much waste am I really creating? And trying to really minimize that. And then, you know, bring your own water bottle, bring your own utensils, bring your own plates, be self-reliant. Don't expect when you come to a party to, for people to give you things that you're gonna use once and then just throw away and then put the onus on them to clean it up after you. Be a beautiful, self-reliant human. I think that's something that is, re is relevant. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I just want to say something too. Uh, you were talking about children. Oh, hello? Yeah. Hi. Uh, you are talking about children and uh, sustainability. And it's just so important uh, to recognize our next generation, what's coming after that, the, the, the kind of uh, role models that we are to them. Uh, you know, if you think about it, a lot of people say this, like, like I ended up picking a woman similar to my mother, not, you know, not anything like that, but I ended up picking that myself. So when I, when I have my daughter, my first thoughts in my mind were I want to be the best father I can be to her because I want her to pick a good man, you know? So that was a big role that I played in all that because it, just realizing the kind of effect that we have on, on them and, um, and they're just, I mean, they're strong. The, the, the things they show us, you know. Um, I kind of came to an epiphany with this. Uh, and, I, and I was doing this with my kids. It was, uh, you know, if, if you've had a bad childhood, the best way to have a better one is to give your children one. The, the childhood you never had, you know. But I said it so, I said so, so much smoother last night. But uh, <laughs> I was like, oh, this is such an epiphany. And I'm like, oh, it's too late. But, but anyway. Oh, yeah. Okay. Anyway. Um, so, you know, these are our most important assets and uh, thinking of protecting them, uh, recognizing that there's, there's a force out there that's out to get them, whether you believe it or not. There is, and it's hard. If, if you don't recognize that, this is something men pick up. You know, it, it's sad because a lot of children are without their fathers. I see this just with the people that I deal with. You know, I see a lot of them don't have their fathers. Look, my kids got ripped away from me, you know, and, and even though the judge had ordered, and I told the cop, hey, the judge has ordered, that she not be left alone with the kids, check her record, and they didn't care because they thought they had some kind of demon god to take everything away, and it didn't. And it's still here to this day. So the fact of the matter is that whatever we do in our lives, uh, whether we can convince someone that we did something else or not, it's actually what we did that's going to have the effect because that's what moved. It wasn't just your mouth or it wasn't just some signal going around saying, I'm gonna do this, or I'm gonna capture this and make you think it's his, or anything like that. You know, this is actual stuff. This is action, this is movement. You know, just like you say, you got your hunters and gathers, you do all this work. You know, you just, you don't get this big, all this all this square footage just by sitting around. You know, yeah. you have to put something together, you have to plan something. So anyway, I, I just think, I just wanted to move it more to a, so, more to a social thing, because I mean, some of us, we live a little bit differently, so. I, like, I used to compost, but it's so much easier in Hawaii. I'm, like, I'm thinking, what do they got to do here? You got to wait for the fall and then the winter. I mean, you know, it's just like yeah. such a different process here. But anyway, I just wanted to move it towards that because you talk about children. And I just, I just, we were talking about them earlier. I just started thinking about mine and everything. So, so it sounds to me like Sorry. the thought here is this level of radical self-reliance is, is, is a basis for being that sustainable community. It starts with the individual, and we hear it all the time, right? So um, we've mentioned some ways that we can do that in our, in our own lives. Um, you want a coffee, you don't have a mug that's reusable, perhaps having that 
maturity, that respect, that decision to say, you know what? I'm not going to get a coffee right now because I didn't do this practice that I know intrinsically in myself needs to be done. And so I'll make sure that I do it next time. And my reward is to get the coffee because I actually did do this thing that I said that I know that I should be doing. I love coffee. I lived at a coffee plantation and it was yeah something. But um, so, so then I, I, the question that I have here for you guys, I think it's relevant to all these comments is, what are some things that you know that you're aware of that can help each other or have helped you to live in a more green or sustainable lifestyle, may potentially going to the point of creating zero w w trash? Because all, all creatures create waste. Uh, all animals create waste. But waste is something that nature can then reuse and turn into something else. Uh, humans, for the most part, create trash and some waste but a lot of trash that is very difficult to reintegrate into the system. Uh, sometimes nearly impossible. So um, what are some ways that can get us to the point that we're creating a level of waste that's appropriate for livelihoods? Hey, you guys, what's going on? My name is Dylan. Um, thank you, Eddie, for that question. I think for me, um, some, some way that I've been inspiring coworkers to use less waste. I work in the restaurant business now and um, at the bar and at these cafes a lot of people will drink coffee all day. Hospitality is tough so people rely on coffee all the time. So I've been inspiring pretty much like a coworker every week to start bringing in their own water bottle and for me that that's a big change just in my little zone. The congregation that I'm in now. So like what are some things that we can inspire our little communities, our workplaces, our coworkers? Like, I think Eddie is really right. Is that like we have to start asking these questions of what does sustainability, what does this, this regenerative meta village look like? Like, how let's let's paint this picture. Like, let's literally draw this this village. Let's come up with these plans. Let's ask each other like what are the aspects of this? Like, literally like. Are people around on line bikes everywhere? Are we not walking anymore? Like, are we actually biking everywhere we go? You, you know, I'm selling my car very soon. Like, I can see myself biking every single day. Um, what are other ways that we can, like, imagine this green future? What do you guys think? Who, who wants to say something? Who hasn't spoken yet? Who'd like to say something? Sweet. Yeah, okay. So, one way is that, uh, like it's kind of inevitable it's kind of inevitable like you know you buy a water my bad you buy water you know you have the water bottles so i uh i go to a spring and i like use all the bottles that i buy from the store like you know sometimes you want to drink from row farms so i save those bottles and i go to the spring and i refill them but another thing i i really really feel though is like i don't know i i make i make art from like whatever trash that i can um, make from but like I really feel just trapped you know like I just feel so like there's no there's almost no way out like I don't take the straw anymore you know but it almost feels like it's just like there's no <laughs> I go to the grocery store you know it's like not everything's like biodegradable like how would I how do I escape this I feel trapped because it's like based on the way that my life is currently. Like if I had my own permaculture farm, if I had my own um, land, which I am going to buy eventually, 
Like, I'd be good. I'm totally going to be zero waste, and it's, it's great. But currently where I live and the circumstances that I'm living in right now, I just feel so, like, there's there's almost no way out of just buying a snack and then having trash. Like, fuck, what do I do with this? I, But I want I want to eat, and it's just, like, not all the rappers are, like, what what is the way out? I just don't know. But that's just where I'm at right now. But spring water is really good. So. Does somebody have a way to make snacks? Um, hello, my name's Chris. I don't really talk at these things, so... Oh, I don't need to stand up. Well, I think there is a way out. I mean, you could just... And it involves really hard labor. Like, that's the number one key. I, I live in one of these little villages you're talking about in Asheville. I started one, like, a few years ago. Um, I'm pretty much focused on growing all our own food right now, which is really easy to do. If everyone's working, you know? I've struggled with that. That's the main issue I struggle with is trying to get people to like help me and focus on it. But you know, in the end, you just have to get over that um, and just realize that the more you work, the stronger you'll be, and the weaker everyone else will be. You'll have more food, and you'll be stronger. You know, and I mean, it doesn't matter. You know, because you're growing all your own food, you're happy because you're in the soil, you're in the dirt. You know, you're in the sun, what's better than that? I think that's the way out, you know, is like find someone who's trying to do this, which there are lots of people out there, and then, you know, become friends with them, and then ask them, you know, can I help you? And that's the easiest way, you know, to get out, is help other people and hard labor. The convenience culture that we find ourselves in has this wonderful mystique of being convenient, but it's not, right? So it's convenient in the sense that like, if I go to 7-Eleven and I buy a granola bar and I eat it and I enjoy it and then I have this like single-use plastic wrapper and I throw it away, I'm creating trash that has no other greater benefit. Nothing good will come of that trash. Um, but so the mystique is that it's easy. Right? It's easy on me. The onus is off me, right? But then the onus is on the trash man, the gasoline that it takes, the planet to get the gasoline to get it to the, the site. The onus is then on the planet and it's going to sit in the landfill. And that's why it really does come back to hard work. Like meal prep for yourself, like make snacks for the week, carry them in reusable containers. It is going to be a little different than what we're used to. But it's okay because in the long run, it's in more harmony. It's in harmony with our planet. And it's setting ourselves up for a more enriching, more beautiful, harmonious stewardship type life with our planet and for further generations. So yeah, hard work, y'all. We can do it. I just want to say that um, kind of in this movement, sometimes you know we get a bad rap for making f people feel bad about their choices and like, oh, all these green hippies coming to judge us and blah, 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 which I'm sure we do. Uh, I do. Um, and I think the just kind of what you were saying, uh, like leading by example, like, you know, bringing that container and getting your friends, uh, you know, leftovers, like lead by example with a smile. And uh, and it goes a long way. Like you want people to eat organic food. 
feed them. Grow the food and feed them instead of like, eh, what are you eating and whatever. You know, uh, just feed them. You know, you want them, uh, like, you want them to see trash in a different way. Make them a pro like an art thing. Give it to them and and educate them about it. Like, and really, uh, I think that's like make it fun make it fun make it uh rather you know yes you know like yes there's doom and things and we hear it all the time and there's this sense of powerlessness but i think that more and more i'm hearing this sense of like community and you know inspiring people through these actions and 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 and, and being like curious about it like and you know you made your snacks, you put it in the container, and you brought them to work, and you like, here, here's my snacks. And not you know, without like, ooh, you're bad, you brought your thing. Like, that goes a long way, I think. I'll just say, coming from a place of love, just imbuing your input, your suggestions with a place of love rather than a place of judgment. Yeah, I think um, definitely uh, chiming in on what you were saying, it, it's kind of in the same vein as that uh, you should bring solutions, not problems, to people. So, like, you know, and it's such a simple concept, but I, I've never really, until you said that, like, thought about using that same, like, simple ideology for, you know, something as, you know, complex as this. But, like, just do it. Or going off of what you were saying, you know, just go out there and find it. Find the land. Find somebody else who has a shovel and a strong back and just... But, um... And then how can we also, um, like you were saying, instead of just like boo-hoo on you, but how do we actually, like, can we reward people, you know? Like, that's one of the easiest ways to train anything is just you know reward people for the behavior that we want and then yeah sure but i think mm -hmm. sure um i'm wondering though if we can't like um maybe like if you guys are familiar with like the hashtag trash tag thing right now has anybody seen that on instagram facebook whatever so the whole, the whole point um, of this thing and this tag is you go out and you find an area, you know, maybe the beach by your community, and it's super messy. So you take a before picture, and then you bring your trash bag, and you spend three hours, and you bag up all the trash, and then you take your after picture as your little, like, humble brag, look what I did. But then your reward, because of these little, you know, dopamine-driven feedback loop things we have, is a bunch of people like your thing and then share your thing and are like, oh, look what, look what they did. And it's, it's not like a humongous thing, but like, is there some way we can use as much as I hate, uh, you know, all the detriments that social media does to, to like our psychology? Um, like, how can we sort of like use that to our benefit or can we gamify the, you know, the changes that we want to make? I don't know. To, I, th I struggle with that because you do that one thing and you're like, yay, moving on. I really think that more and more we need to really connect to intrinsic motivation and the intrinsic motivation is the connection is the connection and that's what's sustainable because those moments yes it's nice for that beach it's nice for that but, but it's, it's it's i mean you did it because you wanted the like reward and then you go and create more trash i i, I really i don't know i 
think but that maybe it sticks, you know? What? Like maybe you did it for the reward in the beginning because you're maybe. like, I want my friends to think I'm cool. But then you're like, wow, it was nice. Maybe you, yeah. You never know. Kind of going on the hunting and gathering thing you were talking about. Like, I hate, like, going dumpster diving and people looking at me like, what are you doing in a dumpster? And I think, like, we should have spaces where we can just put free shit and people can pick it up. Yeah. And, like, yeah, like, like, I think that needs to be more of a thing or, like, or maybe just, like, an upcycle section or some. The Habitat like Restore is a great place. Um, so if you have any household items... Uh, construction items or sofas, lights, whatever kind of thing that you um, don't want to use, they'll go ahead and take it from you. They reuse stores, Habitat for Humanity reuse stores, and then they'll uh, sort through it and they'll resell whatever is resellable. I mean, they, they don't want to take trash generally. They'll tell you, hey, this is like trash, you know. But um, but then they'll they'll use the profits or the proceeds from, from selling it to then build houses for the community so i think that models taken to that extreme is what is going to be necessary to really make this whole thing function properly and it's the the interconnections between the different systems that maintain us um so having that like a relation of like your home to your like selling your things to generating that generating that revenue to building the house uh so on and so forth so I just wanted to say that, um, like, like uh, I I was cooking for a sustainable home uh, recently, and I, I like to cook vegan for our company, for Meta and stuff like that, and for our, our events, and um, and doing that every day and making snacks and all these things. Um, it's like, it's it's a lot. And, like you end up t you spend your whole day you're cooking you're cooking cooking it's not very sustainable like in your mental kind of like just doing that all the time. But the thing is that what's so important is that community like you share the burden of all these things it's that it's not that you're doing any you're not you're not doing everything you're not you don't have the whole world to save by yourself like you just do the things that you can do and the things that are right for you and that that fit into your like time schedule and stuff like that and then we all work together and why it works in that like um why we gain like and how we how we keep going back to it and how we keep it um in a in a snowball is that is the community is why we keep going back to it and why we keep um going forward like i mean before i met meta before i met these guys i mean like i was lost i was like so depressed and i didn't know what to do i gave up on the world i didn't think i didn't think what i did the little drops in the bucket were going to do anything i didn't see this community i didn't see that there were other people doing these things and it's so it tears you down you, you don't think that like so many people like in baltimore and I, I see all these um other communities and it's like it just seems so hopeless when you're surrounded by um uh, food deserts and and uh, and and homelessness and all this and uh, and lack of of education, and it's it, it's the community that and and it's it's people um, feeding off each other and feeding each other and and uh, helping each other compost and all that stuff and patting each other on the back and that's how we're gonna do it and I think us um, coming here today and if we can just put our like. Uh, emails together and like this is this is like we're talking about just ha making friends and stuff like that we already did it like there's no reason for another meetup another discussion we're here these are our friends these are our people and like we can come together and we can start we can start this today so uh, on that amazing thought of uh, we're here we are now we're creating um, 
my life's purpose and goal as I've so felt willing to take on uh, is to build a build this self-sufficient town I really 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 want to do it and everything that I've been doing in my life is to try to make that happen and it's a lot of work um, I studied international business and finance to try to understand how this all kind of like fits in in this larger scale and uh, so creating a business plan, I don't know, how many of you are business owners? Show of hands real quick. Right, it's, it's difficult, right? Like to be able to generate that like sustenance. And even if you're not a business owner, you're an owner of your life, right? So for you guys to maintain yourselves, that's difficult, right? So then to take it to the scale of how do we create this new plan? Well, I, I can't do it alone. I'm not, I'm not gonna do it alone. Uh, it, it's impossible, it won't work. You need a town to make a town, right? So something that I want to see happen here, if you guys are willing to participate, and hopefully you find it enjoyable. Um, I don't know if you have your phones on you right now. I know, I know like, people don't love phones, but um, I, I think it's an amazing tool. That's part of the solution as well, of the interconnection. You know? So we've got to like, embrace technology, in my opinion, and, and, a w and, and, and interweave it in a way that really um, helps us. Uh, so, I have some lists of things right here on the board. Uh, the systems for survival, um, and these, this is not an all-inclusive list. You know, there's a lot of things that they can be drop-down lists and included. So, if you could, if we could take the next like 10 minutes, maybe uh, five minutes, perhaps, and just like kind of feel it out. Um, we can talk amongst ourselves uh, on any particular to topic that interests us here. Um, if you already know of like different projects, different research different thoughts that are relevant on how to manifest this city this town this new way of living and then email them to this email right here um I, i'm gonna go ahead and there's stuff that i've been gathering and i mean to but i'm creating this google docs this kind of scenario where i'm gathering all this data that then we'll like pull from and hopefully some of you or if not all of you participate in like taking it and creating an actual plan this is what it'll take. This is the numbers. This is the necessities. And this is how we can make it happen. And once we can lay it out and people can touch it, people can read it, people can envision it, I think that we'll be able to get everybody a little bit more on board. Because like, it, it seems really confusing. Frankly, I, I don't know that how, how it's going to happen, right? So, so this is, I think, a part of the step. Um, Okay, uh, yeah, yeah, let's do that, and then we can d divide that. So let's go with the... So is there any, um, buddy, any topic for any one person that particularly sticks out right now that they would want to, like, sit down and powwow about with somebody else? Social contract. That is literally one of the toughest, if not the toughest one. So if you social contract over yonder in that area. Transport, perfect. Methods of transport. How are we going to get around? So, so, so whoever wants to talk about that, go over there with Bay. Food. Food. All right. Food. So food is going to be with Shaw right here. Energy. Energy is going to be over there with Davis. And uh, education. education. Perfect. All right. So education right here. And any, uh, we can join them if you feel compelled at one point to go and find something different. It's not listed here. Send it your way. All right. So we'll gather in a... And a few. Hello, everyone. Can we join together as a group with all of our ideas again? Awesome. 
see how exciting it is to actually get together and like co-create and co-think and co-manifest. Um, so I want to take a uh, little time um, for the for the rest of this like workshop because um, we only have like 40 minutes left or so for the scheduled time. Um, share some of the thoughts, conversations um, that are relevant to these systems that we talked about. Um, but I also do want to, if, if you do have your phone here now, to, to act here now, um, and to send some links to, to that. So I think perhaps so we don't lose the thoughts that we've had. Uh, I don't know, should we go ahead and do that now? Just take, take two minutes uh, individually, go into your phone, whatever link you can think of is relevant that should be included in this plan, uh, please send it. And if uh, you don't have your phone with you, then take these two minutes to think about the conversation you had and what you could share with the rest of the group after we come back. Okay? So, uh, would you like to share your thoughts with us? I, I just said something to him, and I guess I'm going to say it to all of you now. Um, so I'm listening to all these conversations, and the intent is really great, and the concepts are really big, and they're hard to act on. Like our man over there who is talking about technology, right? Dude, I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Like the shit, you, you are so in your shit, like it is at a level that is so above like me. And like, I don't know who that girl was who was sitting there, who was like, I don't do any of this. I'm not on a computer ever. I don't know what the fuck to do with that information. Like clearly there's very good information, but it needs to be more digestible. Like, yeah, dude, I, like, I cannot take anything that you said and apply it to things that I'm gonna do. So you with your vast knowledge of the things that you know, need to find a way to take that and be like, hey, here's a thing that you can go do right now that will make that will make you more sustainable. And so a couple of things that we did do that or did talk about that were like really good I thought was yo bringing your own bag to like the store to yeah. get your nuts or whatever like yo I use I like I feel like an asshole now like having gone to Whole Foods like I think every single fucking time that I've gone and taken a bag I'm like why don't I bring my own bag? Totally going to do that now. I'm going to bring my own bag. So that was a really useful like grounded thing that I can do like tomorrow. So for everyone who has like some expertise in something, like no, we don't all have time to become experts in what you're an expert in. You have to take that thing and like package it in a way that then I can like take it and apply it to my life. That's gonna be, that's gonna be manageable for me because I can't fucking learn everything that all of you know. We're, we're all collective knowledge. I don't really guess. Keep it, keep it stupid simple, yeah. Anyway, so that's that's kind of what I've taken from here. I'm also, I also really like bringing your own container to a restaurant. Like, if you know you're gonna take food home, that's also like a really like easy thing that I can do like now. So, so, so I think um, something that uh, Kat and I had talked about uh, for this one is that it would be really cool to come up with a little kit that could help us live a yeah. like make the choice easier for us uh Good you know because like it's sometimes difficult <laughs> to like make that choice if that's not available right so if if we were to prepare a to-go kit that makes life easier to be more sustainable um these are some of the things that i thought about um <laughs> having a metal straw there's been a, a big thing about straws lately it's been like an uprising it's always really been an issue but um so in this kit if you include a metal straw easy to clean easy to maintain 
and then you can just use it whenever you're you're buying a drink and you want to use a straw or you're at a restaurant they want to give you an option of using a straw you actually want to use it you have your kit you have a, a fanny packs are great come back fanny pack yeah. um ooh, ooh. also meta creative has some fanny packs yeah. that uh, are amazing That's hilarious. Nice. And so having a re reusable water bottle, everybody knows about that one, right? But actually, like, if it's a part of a little pack, pack, a little fanny pack kit that you carry with you, then it, you know you, you have it with you. You can keep it in your car if you're not gonna be using it. You know you're not gonna be using it because you're at work or something like that. But like, ideally, it might be one of those things that you just carry a little backpack with you. That like, you know, people carry purses and like. I, I love to carry bags personally. I'm like, all right, cool. I always carry like, I I pull out like little knickknacks, but instead of doing knickknacks and toys, I can use it smartly. You know, um, a mess kit. So you're talking about bringing food. We just talked about like the composting thing and being able to bring food home or or like find ways to compost. You know, if you want to like eat food or like like they were saying you go to parties and like you you want to have a drink, or you want to have some food, and you expect them to give you a one-time use thing. Meskits are amazingly designed to just contain all these things already together. Sometimes they come with a cup, they can be used uh, as plates, as bowls, and they come with utensils that are like metal sometimes as well, or wood, depending on what kinds you want. Uh, including in that kit, I, I would say uh, reusable small containers. Um, I, I was thinking like bags, like, because then, you know, sometimes we go to the store and we, we buy something. And uh, I, I go to a gas station to fill up my gas or, or, or buy something. And everybody's always, they're like, do you want a bag? And they're like, yeah. And I'm like, you don't need a bag. You have literally two water bottles that are already in containers. You just have two hands, you know, like, or pockets. Take them with you, you know. But if you need the bag, then, like, if we have them in the kit, then we can actually use it. Um, cloth napkins is a really easy one to switch to. Also, you don't have to buy new napkins. Like, if you have old clothes that you don't use, just sew them up. It's super simple. You don't need to buy any of this. Like, you don't have to get, like, oh, I got to get, like, bamboo nice utensils. It's like you have them at home. <laughs> yeah, see... Does anyone else a uh, coffee mug, tea mug, like if you like to get tea? Um, yeah, does anyone else have a suggestion? Yeah, reusable bags, Ziploc brands as well. Um. All of this stuff is great, though I think it's really important as we like put, put this together, keeping uh, grounded in the idea that like let's use as little to no single-use things as possible. Like, like there's so many materials out there that have been here forever that we can make anything out of. We stop it with the petrol plastics. So if I want a KitKat bar, can I not get a KitKat bar? <laughs> we can make our own. We can make our own better KitKat bar, and I will make it with you. Let's have a delicious KitKat bar teaching, okay? We're going to share the information. We're going to encourage them to use compostable plastics that actually compost. 
Like, there's so much single-use bullshit out there, y'all. There's a better way. I'm going to give the mic to him, but compostable plastic only compost in an industrial facility. In terms of simple things you can do, um, one of the best practices uh, that I love that people around me have been doing and I've been learning is daily bread, daily brewing. Every, you just get in the habit, keep a yeast culture around, have a kombucha thing going. It's really, really fun. Be a producer. Homemade kombucha is so good for your gut health. It's a replacement for all of the soda. Once you get really good at breads, like, it's fantastic. Practice these things and you all of a sudden like it, why would you want to buy that crappy stuff at the store when there's a loaf sitting on the 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 stoop from this morning. Um, this is hard if you don't know how to do it. It's really useful to have people around who do it as a regular practice, but those people are worth their weight in gold. They're awesome. So, we've been talking about all these like individual practices that we can do in our daily lives and I think they're important because they help us to become like what we're striving for as a collective like civilization society whatever you want to call it but there are giant structures of power that <laughs> still uh, create the dynamics of how our system works and like you can't buy land to like have a community like food forest if <laughs> land prices are through the roof and like no one has money, <laughs> which is like the case for a lot of people. So <laughs> with, with that being said, like it can't just be at the individual level. We have to spread these messages like far and wide and make sure it's like, I don't know, worldwide, national, regional, local, community level, family level, individual level, just like throughout so the whole thing. I know? agree with you 100% and which is I think what I'm trying to achieve with this element of things, right? Which is to create that, that plan that's actionable, to, to create that system change. And there is a system in place and it's gonna be necessary to, to work within it, to, to, to change it to be what it is that we want it to be. Yeah. And uh, that's part of what I want these, these links and these thoughts to be sent out so that we can create that plan together that we can say oh wow this is what we're talking about and it's a living thing that's going to continue to yeah. change and evolve you know so yeah I've heard it um, I've heard uh, it phrased as seceding from the current system through our own production like a production of a new system a development of a new system that just takes the people's like necessity of the current system away from the people who run the current system and like when you don't have people buying your stuff because they're growing their own food, like, <laughs> you gotta change things up. Gentle, gentle, gentle revolution. Yeah. Do you have something to... Oh, yeah, I wanted to say, like, oh, sorry. Okay, um, a few quick three things. I have, like, three, I guess, like, ways to, or, like, two ways to act, and then, like, one thing to, I guess, like, keep in mind. Um, one is, like, just, like, volunteering, like, community service, like, is like and like meaningful community service which you like reflect on and like and like 
admit when it wasn't useful and and think about when it was useful and what made it useful and like what allowed meaningful connections to happen and like what allowed meaningful partnerships to happen and just doing and like volunteering your your time with like communities that that have like less resources and less access and talking to people and just having normal conversations which in which you learn things you know um second thing is like there's um this is like i guess more practical or whatever there's these like i'm sure many of you know there's like these delivery like services for like fresh produce that is kind of like considered like ugly produce that you they would usually throw away and and it's like pretty cheap and they just kind of send you like different things every week and you can like use different recipes or whatever like make new things that you wouldn't normally make and like use the produce that would usually be thrown away or like just like rot somewhere you know and and um otherwise be gone to waste um, and then I had one more thing. Wait. Oh, 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 okay. When you're talking to people, I guess, who like don't like grasp why maybe this is so important or relevant or like, or like immediate or just like, like, I don't know, like maybe don't have that personal level, just like making it somehow relevant to them. And like, I think that like you're getting, or whoever, someone was getting at this earlier with social media, um, but like kind of just like, like maybe doing it in like different ways, like kind of making the message relevant to the, their lives. And, and like um, earlier, like when you asked um, like what, like where do you live? Like what do you, like do you like have somewhere, you know, you, that you could like dig a hole, you know, like asking them like very specific questions about them that are like very unique to like their own like situation and their own priorities and like, and values and, and kind of like, tailoring your message to that when you're talking to them so that it's like something that they can empathize with more. Yeah. Okay. That, those are my things. Hi, my name is Betty. Um, I work a lot with bioremediation. My background's in environmental studies, plant science. So there's a lot of things we can do um, when people think that things are hopeless. Like bee colony collapse is actually reversible. So what happened is people have been clearing out the old wood where bees actually would set up their natural hives and mushrooms would grow. So bees actually make their, um, their medicine from the alcohol that comes from polypore mushrooms. And because all these wo old woods are being cleared, there's no place for the mushrooms to grow for the bees to come and feed. They're being fed sugar water and things like that. So there are little things we can do, like spreading like turkey tail mushrooms, oyster mushrooms, things like that. You can buy oyster mushrooms in farms like that. If you have a friend who has a garden, they can have like an old wood pile, wood chip pile. You can take like the ends of your oyster mushrooms and put it in there and let it spread, let it, the mycelium go back into the ground, let these things, and even if you can't see them, the bees can sense them. They can make their own medication and we can actually all this stuff is connected, like a lot of the things where people who do eat meat and stuff like that, the anti-venom and things like this are actually coming from other animals that are healthy. So um, things like mussel shells, instead of throwing them away, you can put them in your compost pile for calcium carbonate. Also, once they're, um, after two years, the um, natural pathogens are gone. So you keep your oyster shells 
keep them in the sunlight for two years, just keep on your plants. Then you can throw them back in the water near um, where they're naturally used to be reefs. And um, the, the like little babies will actually attach the shells and actually regrow reefs. Like Manhattan used to be an oyster island, but the, um, things like Hurricane Katrina, things like that, is because there's an artificial canal that destroyed all the coral underneath there, which are their natural tide breakers. Now, we can actually just bring back all these natural tide breakers. You don't need to build multi-million dollar, like, way stations and bridges and things like that, all BS. Just bring back the animals. These things, terraform, bioremediation, these things all work. Um, a lot of the times people are buying things like peat moss and things like that. You're taking away the wetlands natural ability to reabsorb and filter out um, and regulate the water damage. What happens if you restore wetlands to certain areas, flooding no longer happens because the ecosystem actually balances itself out. The root structures, the different shapes, the different levels um, are what actually is bringing, are holding everything in place. So we can actually do this renegade style too. There's this, um, a Japanese doctor, a scientist created this thing called EM1. What it is is like bacterial yeast and things like that. You can buy it online, grow it in your rye. You can actually take your food scraps and, and create um, this um, different formulas, Bokashi or EM1. It will not poison you, it's actually good for your own skin, your own breath. You can use this to like, instead of replacing all your toxic chemicals, cleaning fluids, things like that, and it actually also fertilizes your plants. So you can reduce, take away all the, the things that are regularly go into the trash that are your food compostables and make something that actually helps you. Um, there's tons of things we can do. Also, you know, your, your scraps of um, coffee grounds and things like that, you know, don't throw it away, stick it in the compost pile, throw it out the window, things like that. Um, plenty of things, you can talk to me. I have a friends in New York, um, East Village Wellness Circle if you want, and we do bioremediation, renegade things all the time. Okay, thank you. I just wanted to say, on top of uh, mushrooms being magical in uh, their symbioses with other living beings, uh, trees and mushrooms get along pretty well together. <laughs> so uh, plant more trees, plant more berry bushes, plant more perennials just in general. They're what will uh, feed us for centuries to come <laughs> if we want that to be how we how we go about it <laughs> just uh yeah just check out your local nurseries they have fruit trees like <laughs> cool you can start there That's all right well um one easy. one last thing i think um we talked about like groups that like do the composting or the different like or groups organizations that could possibly like help this process be easier or places we could learn from um, I know a lot of us here are from either D.C. or Baltimore. I don't know if we have people from other areas, but do you know of any particular group right off the bat that would be good to connect with that might maybe, maybe we can take our compost or maybe we can learn something from? Um, Camp Contact. Camp Contact, um, yes. There's local like organizations. That's awesome. And then also like if you want to interact with the business, one of those is called Compost Cab here in D.C. Uh, they'll just come and just pick up your compost. Hey, wait. No, the compost, the composting crew, okay? The composting crew, sure. not the cab. Okay, there, there's <laughs> a lot, but but there there is some organization, some business that will do that. Yeah. 
But we're not supposed to talk about commerce today. Okay, and any other um, resources? Um, any last thoughts then? Contact, yeah, last thought, okay, cool. Yes, hi, thank you, Eddie. Um, this has been great. Um, everyone's awesome. Love you all. Yo, so I just wanted to see if we could, like, have a plan of if everyone in this room wants to do something next weekend. Could we do something? What could we do? What would you guys want to do? Where do we all live at? What's up? Well, I think that, whoa, that's loud. I think one way that we can do that is continue doing what, exactly what we're doing. Continue having events and bringing people together in person to experience this and to enjoy these type of conversations, right? So let's keep doing this, you guys. Uh, any opportunities for events? If you know any venues, shout out to Creative Labs. We have a couple events coming up at Creative Labs. Stop by that space, see what they're doing. Um, and yeah, connect, email Eddie, really just be as proactive as possible. It's not our job to finish, but we're not exempt from starting and we all have to do our part. So thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks y'all. Hey, thanks everyone who did come out. Um, I'm really grateful that all of you actually stayed in the room and were open to this discussion. And thank you, MetaMakers, Meta for allowing the space to hopefully facilitate um, the growth of this new world that we're co-creating together. And I'm super grateful that all of you guys listened and hopefully walked away learning something or feeling some kind of better connection. Thank you. Guys, we, we love you all a lot. I mean, this is the reason why we do it, is to see beautiful faces like yours engaging and connecting with us and experiencing this with us. So if you liked this event, if you like Catharsis, if you like Maker's Camp, stick around. Help us pick up some pillows. Break down some tapestries. We're gonna need your help. <laughs> the good news is that the dome comes down way faster than it goes up. <laughs>